Children can be dismissed to children's church. Kids up to the fifth grade can make your way to children's church. Everybody else, if you would turn to Romans chapter 1 in your Bibles, please. Romans 1. And if you'd like, you can go ahead and take a marker from your Bible, if you have a ribbon in your Bible. And if you want to mark Romans 1, uh, starting in February, we're going to be beginning a series in the book of Romans. I think that as we go through the scriptures, there are some books that are so rich with doctrine and so beautiful and so familiar. Uh, The book of Hebrews comes to mind, the book of Ephesians, which we covered not too long ago here in our morning services, but then also the book of Romans is one that stands out to many people as uh, a, a favorite book. It's likely that many of you have scripture that is memorized from the book of Romans. It's likely that for many of you, when the gospel was being explained to you, maybe for the first time, or when someone was standing and preaching the gospel, they used scripture from the book of Romans. And so I am praying that it will be a blessing to us as we go through it. And I would encourage you to read through it ahead of time. Maybe you'll want to start um, in the next few days. And uh, you might want to read through Romans or listen through Romans. And you can do that multiple times and get prepared a little bit uh, for what we'll be doing. We're not going to have um, a regular message today. I'm going to honestly just take one word from the book of Romans, the word that you'll see on the screen, and that's the word servant. And we're going to look at that as we prepare our hearts for communion. I understand as Christ sat with his followers and they observed the Passover, they mingled singing right into that worship time. We don't always do that here, but it's my uh, desire today and every once in a while for us to be singing uh, while we do observe communion. And so we're going to encourage you in just a little bit to sing. And this is intended to be a very worshipful time. So if you still have something that is vying for your attention right now, if you still um, are distracted uh, with something, or you've not not been able even this year yet to quite get into the groove of feeling so loved by God that you must respond with worship, let me encourage you to do that even right now. We're going to take of the bread and the cup and be reminded of Christ's sacrifice for us. And I want to point you into a certain direction to prepare your heart. As you come to this time, I want you to be thinking of yourself in a very specific way. Let me pray, and then we'll read from the first verse of the first chapter in Romans. Heavenly Father, as we look to you, we praise you for the wonderful command that your Son gave that we would remember this time, the time of his sacrifice, his death, because of what it means for us, victory over death and victory over sin in this world. We do praise you for your promises, and we ask that you would bless this time. May you, in some kind of a beautiful, miraculous way, receive worship coming from many, many hearts and many, many tongues from this place, as well as around the world, as many people are worshiping you because you are the one that is worthy of our worship. We thank you for the time to join together today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
When we jump into this book of Romans, and I'm not sure how long it will take. Some people might want to guess how long we might take to get through the entire book. I don't go too quickly usually, and I don't tie myself down to an outline. I promise you we'll go faster than one word at a time in the future, okay? Today, one word is all we're going to focus on, but I promise you it will get at least a little bit faster than that as we get into Romans The reason I wanted to focus on this one word in the introduction is because the Apostle Paul begins here with a beautiful description of himself. I call it beautiful. Perhaps some of you might say that is beautiful. But when you look at this word that we're going to be focusing on, many people outside of the body of Christ wouldn't see that and be drawn to that for something for themselves. They might say, that's something that I want to have for myself, have a servant for me, but for me to be a servant. Not only does the Apostle Paul believe this, and not only does he want this to be, have a ripple effect that would go throughout all the churches, but this is what he leads with. Look in the first verse of the book of Romans. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Let's stop right there. He chooses to lead this most wonderful book that we're going to be in for the next several months. He chooses to lead his chief description of himself with this word, servant. He's writing this letter to the, book, to, to the, the church at Rome. And as he writes that, they're going to have an understanding of what a slave is. That's the idea here of the word servant. It carries with with it the idea of a slave. Roman culture was filled with, was dependent upon slaves. But you and I, in our day, in the place we live, we we may need to tweak just a little bit our understanding of what a slave was. We have a picture of slavery in our minds that led our country to a war quite some time back. And there is no doubt that many slaves in Paul's day did the manual labor. Many of them were beaten. Many of them did menial tasks. But you need to understand when we look at uh, Rome that up to one-third of Rome was actually occupied by slaves. And many of these slaves were educated people, individuals that maybe had been brought from somewhere else, had been kidnapped or lost to war and brought in. There were people who knew about finances. There were physicians that were slaves. And so we understand that many of them were highly educated, even though many still would work very hard in hard labor. But no matter what the skill set or the position of a slave, they all had something in common that we can wrap our brains around. They all had in common at the end of the day that they had no will of their own. That's the idea that I want you to carry with you when we come to communion. When we come to communion, we are thankful for our salvation for what Jesus did to pay for our sins. But I want you to have the mindset like the Apostle Paul had here when he writes this, that you have no will of your own. 
Every slave back in that day would live their entire life completely for the pleasure of their master. And that's the challenge for you. Paul begins by saying, I have no will of my own, but I'm a servant of, I do the bidding of Jesus Christ. And let's camp out there for a while. Because what Paul is saying is his master is unable to be compared with anything else. You remember, Paul had Roman citizenship. Some of you might be able to remember that story when uh, Paul was arrested and, and he was about to be beaten badly and it came about that he was a Roman citizen. Whoa, that's going to be a problem if we're beating a Roman citizen over here. And one of the guards said, I acquired my Roman citizenship for quite a bit of money. How did you get yours? And Paul says, I was born with that citizenship. And yet he does not lead with that. He chooses to take that and set that aside. And instead, he says, I am not a citizen of Rome. That's not what he leads with to gain the attention of these Romans. He says, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. I have no will of my own, but it is only to do the will of Jesus Christ. He did not brag on his citizenship, but he said, my first title will be slave. And what's beautiful about it for him and what's beautiful about it for you and I today because I'm really encouraging you to come to this time with this in mind is that there is no other master that is better. There is nothing else that we would brag about more than being a follower of Jesus Christ. Years ago, I had the privilege of working a secular job in a very good company. Um, it was a Fortune 500 company, and, and um, God brought that along and used that to help train me alongside working in a church. And I can remember being in one setting with some of the other managers, and one of the, one of the ladies came in, and she had an article about the company. And she started to give some highlights of this article to the managers that were there. And as she went through and gave all these highlights and was bragging up this company, she just said, man, I thought you guys would just be thrilled to know how great of a company we work for. We'll come in here and we'll work hard and we'll give it our all. And it's great that there's recognition outside of this place of how great our company is. Presidents of the United States will bring the president of our company in for advice. It's a wonderful company. Oftentimes, we, you might be thinking if you work a job for someone, you're asked to do something you don't quite understand, you might think to yourself, well, I'm sure somebody up there's got a plan, right? I'm sure somebody knows what they're doing up there or else they wouldn't be doing this. Doesn't make sense to me, but I'm sure somebody is going to have a good handle on this or else the company will close or else we won't get paychecks. I want to connect that to you and I. Because if I'm asking you to come to this time with the idea that you are a servant, it is going to take one of two things and maybe a combination of both. If you're a new Christian, you might be coming to a time like this with a confidence that your master is the best master that anybody could ever ask for. And you might be coming to that with a little bit of blind faith. I haven't really experienced it a whole lot yet. 
some new Christians might say. But I'm trusting that God knows what he's doing. Now, there are some who have been following God for a long time. There are some that have seen God be faithful and be faithful and be faithful even when you had no idea what was going on, even when it seemed like this doesn't make any sense to anybody who knows about anything, and yet God is faithful and true. It could be that you're coming here today and you're going to approach this time as a servant of Jesus Christ, and you're going to say, I have seen him be true and faithful and honest and work this out for his glory and for my good again and again. Or it could be that you're on the other side, you're walking by faith. Maybe even right now, there's something going on in your life where you are having to walk by faith. Because if you were in charge, if you were writing out your own story, you would never write it that way. And so if you are going to accept my challenge of remembering Jesus Christ's sacrifice today as a servant of His, It's going to take a tremendous amount of confidence that the God of the universe is sovereign. He's in control of all things. Not only is he in in control of all things, but he is good. He has a good plan, not just for himself, but for his children. You're going to have to have a confidence today as we come to remembering the cross of Jesus Christ, that God has all power. Did you know that there is absolutely nothing that he cannot do? Our God is the God of the impossible. I love the expression. The word impossible is not in heaven's dictionary. He can do all things. If you're going to come and accept this title of a servant today, you're going to have to come with the confidence that God has all wisdom. I mean, beyond what the highest IQ in this world can even comprehend. He has complete wisdom and understanding. And finally, if you're going to come to this time today and take in communion and remember what he did, you have to have confidence that God is a God of love. Do you believe that today? We all shake our heads yes and we sing the songs. Yes, I believe that. But sometimes the devil puts just a smidge of doubt in our minds. Could a good and loving God allow something like this to happen? And so you have to, if you're going to say, are you ready? If you're going to say, I have no will of my own. I am only here for the time that God gives me in this world I am only here to do the the bidding of my master. It's my prayer that as you approach this table, you will understand the humility of a servant who has no will of his own. And you'll remember this as we remember the wonderful sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, if you are new uh, to visiting us here at Calvary or new to any church at all, let me explain what this is. We have a little piece of cracker that we're going to pass around, and we have a little cup that we're going to pass around. Jesus Christ told his followers to do this until Jesus comes back for his church, for his people. If you are not sure about Um, you're standing in the eyes of God, if you're not sure you're saved, not sure if you're a Christian, or not sure what Calvary's all about, 
We're going to be passing some plates by. Just pass the plate right by if you're not sure about this. Um, don't take that and no one will think anything of you at all. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I would invite you to take the cracker and take the cup and worship along with us as we remember what 